From COK Studios in Renee Montaigne's Master Bathroom, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah jones Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider how SeaWorld is attempting to change its image in the wake of growing scrutiny about treatment of its animals. We'll also consider some listener questions in a special Ask Alex edition of Consider Your Health. And we'll consider the touch, the feel of cotton. The fabric of our lives. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Lumbar Liquidators, the chiropractic clinic that you only need to visit once, and then every week for the rest of your life. Lumbar Liquidators, messing with your back since 1980. And ZoomTripTravelBot.com, the top-rated travel website with tropical holiday packages to Aruba, St. Bort's, and the Born Again Virgin Islands. ZoomTripTravelBot.com. Tell them Peppo the Vacationing Dwarf sent you. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. SeaWorld announced last week that it will end its theatrical Shamu shows in San Diego in about two years. The orcas will remain on exhibit in the theme park in what the company describes as a more natural setting. These changes come because revenue and attendance at SeaWorld are in decline. The company blames a number of factors, increased competition, the weather, and the documentary Blackfish. Now they are hoping to change their reputation after the 2013 documentary painted a very unfavorable picture of SeaWorld. Dinah investigated how things are changing in this report. For decades, big killer whale shows have been the marquee attractions at SeaWorld parks in San Diego, San Antonio, and Orlando. But with the treatment of the whales and the safety of the trainers in question, SeaWorld has spent millions of dollars on ads and social media to restore its reputation. Oh, I think our efforts are paying off. Joel Manby, the CEO of SeaWorld, says that by 2017, SeaWorld will end its big theatrical killer whale shows and replace it with what he calls a new orca experience. He also says that this move has nothing to do with the park's critics. Oh, oh no. We're not changing things because a trainer was killed or because people think we mistreat our animals. We don't, by the way. We're just switching it up. I mean, look at Madonna or Elton John. They're always reinventing themselves. It's Shamu's turn now. We really don't mistreat them. Honestly, we don't. Manby alluded to what SeaWorld plans to do in 2017. Well, it's going to be focused more on the natural setting, the natural environment, and the natural behaviors of the whale. Like uh, jumping through fire and eating food off a giant pyramid suspended 20 feet in the air. You know, just like in the ocean. And it'll have a strong conservation message, too, about saving the whales or whatever. SeaWorld has encountered a number of challenges recently, and not just with animal rights activists. Last month, California's Coastal Commission said the company could only go forward with the planned expansion of its killer whales habitat in San Diego if it agrees to stop breeding orcas. That's something the company refuses to do. Well, I mean, if we stop breeding orcas, it'll really screw up our upcoming exhibit. The Motion of the Ocean, Whale Sex 3D. No, we've got to show people that we treat the whales well, and one of those ways is by letting them do the underwater mambo. Believe me, we'd have a lot more trainers get hurt if we don't let the whales bone. Well, that was off the record, right? Manby says the theme park's new strategy is to bring the people who visit a truly inspiring experience that shows them how whales really live out in the wild with fire and sex. For COK News, I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow in San Diego. Beyond the sea. Somewhere waiting for me
You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we welcome back our senior reporter, Alex Truman, for a new installment of our Consider Your Health series. Today, Alex will be taking some questions from our listeners. Good to see you, Alex. Likewise, Cotter. We've got some very interesting topics to cover today. I am excited to hear what they are. Well, the first question we have comes from Mel in Kansas City. Hi, Alex. Hello, Mel. I'm wondering if you could tell me about this thing I have on my neck. I'm sorry, Mel, but that's not really what we do here on Consider Your Health. It's really itchy and flaky. Can, can you tell me what it is? Mel, Alex isn't really here to diagnose things. In fact, she's not even a doctor. That's right, I'm not. Even though I should be with all the time I've spent in hospitals. I, I feel like it's spreading. I, I WebMD'd it, but it, it just told me I had cancer. That's typical. I really shouldn't do this, but just to give you peace of mind, I'll tell you that it sounds like you might have psoriasis. It's not deadly, but I would consult a doctor. Good luck, Mel. How did you know he had psoriasis? I've had it for years, and the sound of panic in his voice reminded me of how I sounded when I discovered my first patch of psoriasis on my 15th birthday. Okay then. Our next question is an email from Joyce. She's wondering about a study she read on giving deworming medicine to kids in developing countries. Apparently, the report concluded that routine deworming of all children in areas with high rates of infection isn't always beneficial to the kids. Hookworms, roundworms, and whipworms have been around for centuries, Joyce. They lay eggs in human intestines, and when excreted, the worms and their eggs can be spread to others. In those infected, the worms cause intestinal blood loss, leading to iron deficiency and malnutrition, and loss of energy and motivation. Deworming has been standard protocol in the poorer parts of Sub-Saharan Africa, India, China, East Asia, and the Americas. Now, do you know about this study that Joyce is talking about? Yes, I do. It says that mass deworming is a futile exercise because there isn't enough evidence of a benefit to those getting the medicine. Well, how can that be? Worms are not always pleasant, but they are also not necessarily life-threatening. I know my worm, Kenny, and I were very happy together for years. You had a worm? Indeed, I did. Kenny was with me from the summer of 05 to the winter of 07, we were bosom buddies. I can't speak for everyone, but deworming might not always be the best thing. I know I still miss Kenny from time to time. Thank you for your question, Joyce. We have one final call from Gary in Gary, Indiana. You could say that once again. Thank you, Gary. What's your question for Alex? Uh, I eat a lot of red meat. I mean, I'm eating red meat right now. In fact, I'm eating some salami. Yes, uh, what's your question, Gary? Well, I keep hearing how red meat causes cancer, and I was wondering, does it really? The World Health Organization wasn't lying when they leaked red and processed meat to increased risk of certain types of cancer. I would say that eating a large amount of red meat isn't the best, especially if you have a history of cancer in your family or aren't being screened regularly for colon cancer by your doctor. Uh -huh. How much is a large amount? Um, eating red meat more than three or four times a week. Right. Uh, how about like three or four times a day? That's uh, probably too much, yes. Try to scale it back a bit. Also, have you been to the doctor lately? Oh, no way. I'm afraid of the doctor. I might find something wrong. Gary, I hope you try and cut back on your meat intake and go see a doctor. Either that or get yourself a worm like my old friend Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Kenny. 
we had some good times. Good luck, Gary. I never, I never realized how much I missed Kenny. It's always hard to lose a friend. Indeed. Thanks for coming by, Alex. <laughs> no problem. That was Consider Your Health with Alex Truman. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you'd like more from the best-looking news team in public radio, go to our website, considerourknowledge.com, for more news and stories. You can also follow us on Twitter for breaking news, at Consider Our Know. You can also like us on Facebook and subscribe to the podcast at iTunes and at Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com. This week's episode is dedicated to the people of Paris. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Ah, oh, butt webs. Okay. <laughs>